2: Hello and welcome to The School for Dumb Women, the podcast where we investigate the things you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host woman, can't tell the time on an analogue clock, Hannah Varrell. Joining me is, still doesn't wipe her bum properly, Alexandra Haddo. There's just so many options. Forwards, backwards, what about the inside? And electricity denier, Caroline O'Donoghue. If I can't see it, does it even exist? Today we're learning about beavers, bull riding, and the generation game.
1: Where everybody's a winner, unless you're a baby boomer. Or Jim Davidson. Actually, he is one. (laughs) He is! Uh, So Alex, you do a strong line in riding something and trying to hang on for as long as humanly possible. What are you talking about this week?
0: That's right, Caroline. I'm talking about my sex life. No, I'm not. I'm talking (laughs) about um, the professional sport of bull riding. Right now, this was suggested to my uh, by my friend and previous guest on the show, Mr. Roddy Shaw, bat expert. Oh, Batman! Because he's, yes, the Batman. Um, because I, uh, I was going to do Fruit of the Loom today, and it turns out just a company that puts stuff on shirts. Um... I know. I was so prepared
1: for that for you to <laughs> unveil a massive conspiracy about Fruit of the Loom because I have know. had so many jobs and worn so many Fruit of the Loom shitty t-shirts.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm, I don't know why they're sort of uh, the the. the the logo of every job we've ever had that wasn't in an office. But um, condolences to Mike Lash, a fan of the show, who did who asked me to investigate them. And he wasn't to know that it was very boring. So thank you, Mike, for enjoying it the show. It definitely
1: does seem like it should be interesting.
0: Yeah, it mm. did, but sadly not. But Roddy trumped Mike in the end. And they do know each other. So, that you boys, you can fight in person when you see each other next. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I always thought... I had no idea that in the year of our Lord 2020... Bull riding existed as an actual sport. I know that sounds stupid, but what I mean is, you know, if you're if you're on a ranch, maybe they do it as yeah. a bit of a as a bit of a spectator thing. Yeah, yeah. Or you've got obviously you've got the fake ones that you have in like those bars in you know the South in America and stuff like that. Cowboy so, country. So
1: I think, as far as I'm aware, it's um, bull riding is a big part of rodeos, right?
0: It well, it's it's its own. Um, not a league. Well, it is sort of a league. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's a huge, huge sport with prizes of millions of pounds. What? Um, yeah.
2: A lot like you, Alex. I kind of pictured it as just like a heritage thing that they bring out for like, you know, special occasions. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, someone will do that. That's cool. Yeah, it's not.
0: So there's a thing called the PBR Tour, the Professional Bull Riders Tour. Um, and it it takes place in five countries, uh, mostly States, but it's a, an absolutely huge thing to give you an idea of how huge this quote unquote sport is um one of the um uh, most sort of successful i i think he's sort of the david beckham of <laughs> professional bull riding is a guy called jb molney um, Wow! he was the first rider to reach seven million dollars in career earnings in 2016
2: blimey
0: um, you can honestly earn like and even if you're not well, like one of the top ones, there are hundreds of guys making a, a proper living from the from the PBR tour, professional bull riders. Mm. So essentially, it they're held in these huge like sports arenas um, and guys have to come out on the bull. And it's the most like pretty much the most dangerous sport on earth. Um, and I mean, highly unethical as far as most people are concerned, yeah. I think.
2: Let's get that in early. Um, but, it's, yep. <laughs> but it's still
0: going. Sure. Um, And guess how long you have to aim to stay on the bull for? Ooh, three minutes? 30 seconds? Eight seconds. Eight? No! Oh my God! Eight seconds! Have I cancelled a coffee with a friend today that could have got me some work because I was addicted to watching the the biggest (laughs) messes of 2019 in the PBR tour? Yes. Um, Wow. It's absolutely insane. So there's, you know, there's a huge, huge arena crowd. I mean, they're like baying for blood they're not really but they want to see you know basically I watched the sort of car crashes of bullfighting last mm. year on the PBR tour and these guys that when the bull is in the sort of little pen by the side the, the guy is on them um, but as soon as they open that gate the bull is like trying to bu- buck them off as soon as possible and honestly when you hear eight seconds you think god what's the you know that must be over so quickly it feels like a lifetime when you're watching these guys I mean I don't mm. know how there isn't it was like, yeah, there's usually one or two deaths a year on the tour.
1: Oof, Jesus.
0: I don't know how it's allowed. I mean, the guys are getting, th- like, thrown about like a rag doll, basically. And they get, you know, they get trampled on, they get sat on. The bull is, like, chases them sometimes. It's, obviously, the bull's got horns. Um, and mm. the other thing is, they're only allowed to touch the bull, like, hold this sort of uh, reins, if you will, with one hand. If they touch themselves yes. or the bull... With their other hand, they're immediately disqualified. Um, and it's it's a point system. It's like gymnastics, but for a man from the deep south. It's, it's like gymnastics <laughs> for Trump supporters, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh, my God. This really makes me think of, like, I remember a few years ago, I was in America, and I was like, you know how in America all the bars have like um, have huge TV screens? Yeah. On them, and you're just like, wow, mm. it's g- what wonderful. Uh, so much atmosphere. And yeah. I remember they were all on mute and there was pro wrestling on. And so it was pro wrestling and it's very like macho sports bar on mute. And I remember looking up at the screen and just having my beer and being like, this is so gay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like like yeah. the same, the same <laughs> thing with the bull stuff. It's like, it feels like such... An absolute, like, a cipher for, like, these men who are so, like, so into being, like, dominated and, like, conquered. Yeah. It's like, just yeah. watch some, just watch some fucking really gay porn and just get it over with, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? just, just embrace your homosexuality and get on Yeah, with it. Yeah, it, it, it seems like such a closet case thing to do. Am I yeah. crazy for saying that?
0: No, I know exactly what you mean. And also, it's very, like, you know, they're all very stylishly, I mean, they've got, like, fringed trousers on, on these bulls. <laughs> um and quite often they're dressed quite uh, you know i wouldn't say flamboyantly um yeah. this is this is another brilliant lore that i found the pbr has been going since 1992 when 20 bull riders each put in a thousand dollars and started the tour slash league um and basically the old cowboys you know <laughs> pretty pretty much think it is an admission of homosexuality if, God forbid, you want to wear a helmet on a wild animal. Oh, (laughs) for God's sake. Wow. So if you're born after the October the 15th, 1994, you have to wear, it's mandatory to wear a full bull riding helmet, okay, to protect your
2: Oh, but of course, evolution dictates that before that we had stronger skulls. Yeah. (laughs) So those born before that date are protected, or not,
0: as it were, under the grandfathering law, they were grandfathered in and permitted to ride with a protective face mask under their cowboy hat, or just a cowboy hat if they need to. So they they oh, basically think sake. like, "Oh, you're a wimp if you if you want to wear a helmet while you're trampled by like a two ton bull."
2: Yeah. <laughs> God. And presumably, I mean, do they get the bull angry? It's, I mean, the bull's so, upset, right? Yeah, because it's loud and it's so. This
0: is what I researched as well because I was like, "How come it's quite calm in the pen?" Mm. um and then as soon as they let it out and apparently they don't like they don't prod the cattle or like anything like that because essentially that once the bull is retired from that they use it to uh as a stud they usually get sort of shipped off to a nice farm after they've done their bucking
1: oh sure of course the farm is nice yeah
2: um <laughs> yeah exactly so they don't want to sort of harm the bull in any way what because then the bull might might get angry at like people in general and yeah. So never trust people again.
0: Apparently, it's the thing of bulls think that think of predators as somebody that lands on them from above. So they're trying to buck you off because they don't. They think but you're what, a predator, basically.
2: What, um, what, what What kind of bird is going to land on the back of a bull and just carry it off?
0: Like, well, I guess like, you, like it, a tiger would go for. You, and also, oh, think that's about true. It, okay. Think about it. It's got it's got a, a rein around its neck. So it th- it thinks it thinks you're trying to choke it, basically. Right. Um, wow. and it's also got a got a tie so there's another rumor that there's two rumors where like they electronically prod them which they don't at, at least in the official league and that they tie a thing around its balls but they also don't do that but it has mm. got like a a rain a sort of back rain that goes near their back legs and that also makes them uncomfortable makes it want to buck it off so mm. as soon as it can move because the, the pen that it's in you see is like you know, the size of a cupboard for us, like being in your wardrobe. So it it basically couldn't move move in the pen, could it? Yeah, and then when it gets let out, I mean, honestly, please, everyone listening and Hannah and Caroline, go and watch, like, PBR Best Moments 2009. It is absolutely insane that these guys just keep being like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And I guess maybe that's why they have to offer them so much money because every time they go out there, it's like, well, could die because of an eight-second sport. Mm. (laughs) Like... And it's God. and it's such a weird thing. It's like when you're watch and when you're listening to the commentary, all the guys are kind of saying like, "Oh, and here he comes, the brave soldier." All this like about the about the the rider, and it's just like you know, he doesn't have to do this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also, this, you're scored out of a hundred. Four judges give a score out of twenty five. For each uh, ride, and also it's half. It's fifty points on the rider, fifty points to the bull.
2: Like as if the bull what? would be trying.
1: <laughs> Hang on. Oh my God.
2: Because I was going to ask, like, whose side are the audience on? Oh, great they, question. Like the crowd. Very good
0: question. I am not sure. I think with the most with the more popular riders, people want to see them do well. Um, and then yeah. I think, and then I also think, uh, you know, obviously some of them are there to watch carnage, basically. Um, yeah. But I'm not really sure. You can't really tell. I mean, the co- the commentators seem like they want them to stay on for as long as possible and do as well as they can. Um, but I imagine that the crowd is very split. But then
2: they award points to the bull, who's essentially, like, their opponent. Yes. <laughs>
0: so, essentially, you're... And, cool. and the bull is also... You're the higher... The harder the bull. So, diff- there's been, like, really famous bulls. And there was one called, like, Bulldozer or something, and he died and people were sad. Um <laughs> The hardest bucking bull to ever be ridden is believed to be Red Rock, a bull who dislodged more than 300 riders in the 80s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dislodged is um, a very casual term for that.
0: Yeah, I share a lot of uh, sympathy with Red Rock. I feel we're kindred spirits because it says here, he was never successfully ridden for f- eight full seconds during his pro rodeo career. So That does sound like
1: someone wow. we know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... But, guys, world champion rider Lane Frost successfully rode him during a special match-up after the bull was retired from Pro Rodeo, which I feel is cheating. Um, Yes. So even though they basically, like, bully these, I mean, it's horrible animal cruelty and everything, um, the bulls are only allowed to travel for a maximum of 10 hours a day, like, on the tour. They are allowed to rest for 12 to 14 hours after that before they can be moved again.
2: Okay. Right. Because, yeah, let's have standards for this horrible, (laughs) horrible sport.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Horrific. By the way, it's like on CBS Sports Network, like um, they reckon that the PBR television broadcasts now reach half a billion households in 130 territories around the
1: world. Oh, my God.
0: It's a huge,
1: it's a huge thing. My favorite thing is finding out that not only is something a sport and I didn't even know it was a sport, but also that sport has created like millionaires, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like like when we did
2: um, Twitch gaming, esports. Oh, my God. I know. Yes. And it was like, oh, everyone's making billions of pounds. do you want to hazard a guess at the other four countries apart
0: from the United States that have their own PBR tours? Oh, Spain is quite into its bulls, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Pamplona bull run. They don't do bull riding. Ah, okay.
1: I bet Australia. Yes, because they're so mask. They're so masculine, and they're obsessed with being outside.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Australia is one of the four. New Zealand um that's the sort of fifth beetle because it says <laughs> <laughs> because they are not one of the main four but they do sometimes hold
1: standalone events i'm trying to think of other like t- like countries with like toxic masculinity france
0: mm, no, no far too they're far what too about, like, romantic mexico there. mexico yes uh, another one that's in south america okay i'm gonna guess brazil and argentina maybe it's brazil and canada oh no Canada, canada. but they're so
2: gentle I know, but maybe they're sort of like maybe they run with the bulls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. they sit on the sit on the bull and like whisper nice things. To yeah, him. they just like groom the bull, just like brush its hair and just tell him me looks yeah. nice. Yeah, do some nice plats.
0: And yeah.
1: in, in the interest of like fairness, and obviously like it is a it is a very cruel sport, and I don't support it. Yeah. How, however, like I do think that there is a kind of um, a prestige afforded to horse racing and greyhound racing. That people are more likely yeah. to overlook the cruelty of those things because there is this prestige society. whereas yeah, absolutely. Like bull riding is more of a kind of a working class sort of a agricultural sort of sport. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe it's easier mm. to be, you know, snitty about it. Do you think?
0: I think so. And I think that also, um, but I would say also that like the bull, I think it seems cruel. I totally, I know what you're exactly what you're saying because it's like they, they're angering the bull r- rather than horses don't seem to be
2: Yeah, agitated. I think for, for me, the difference is that it's like the person versus the bull in bull yes, racing. Yeah, exactly. In bull yeah. Riding, whereas in like horse racing, you're meant to be working together with the horse and dog racing, you're not, you're not riding the dog at all. <laughs>
1: But my god but wouldn't I that would be pay a thing to, to see? see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> children riding greyhounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then con- conversely it's like oh god that would be so good children riding greyhounds. Oh my god, um, can you
0: imagine? That's uh, to be fair, that's probably next on 2020 bingo. <laughs>
1: I'm like it totally is. Ugh. Um but to be fair, like at least the from what we hear anyway, the bulls go on to have a decent life.
0: It does seem to like weirdly they sort of respect the bulls more than they do in horse racing. Like like you say because they do have a life after this and also they are extremely dominant I mean like I say in these professional leagues they seem to be pretty well treated and it doesn't seem to they, I don't think the riders hurt the bull it's more that they think they're under threat which is cruel don't get me wrong but yeah, the, yeah. the bull is at a
1: huge advantage like so they're gaslighting the bull yeah they're basically <laughs> gaslighting the bull yeah <laughs> the bull's gonna ride an up ed for a refinery 29 yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, what, what I think was is even weirder is when you when you watch these tournaments, which hopefully some of the listeners will look, just get, search it on YouTube. The weirdest thing is the guy riding the bull has you know essentially like a stab vest on and a helmet and quite a lot of protective gear, right? Even though it's not going to help you if you, they literally trample on your neck. But anyway, mm. uh, but the guys, there's sort of like five or six guys around the arena. It's like a circular sort of sand arena um that's not that big really um but they're just sort of in like logoed t-shirts and it's their job sort of when the rider is thrown off it's their job to then sort of calm the bull and get it back into a pen but they just oh seem to God. be they're Oof. like ball boys but like they're dealing with an angry bull.
1: <laughs> that's so <laughs> weird everything about this sport is so weird so odd
0: but also the bull comes down pretty quickly as soon as he's thrown the guy off um, and also, one of the reasons why it's only eight seconds is because that's the sort of peak time of the bull's adrenaline. After that, they begin to tire that quickly. So that's why you've got to stay on for eight oh, seconds because no. it's basically like the most extreme. But I mean, nobody stays. Well, they do stay on for eight seconds, but they will get thrown off like in the end very shortly after, if not. Mm. Um, I don't know why you would ever get into it. I feel like, you know, it's people that love a fight.
1: into <laughs> yeah. it.
2: Have you guys been on one of those um like bucking Bronco rodeo machines? No, things? I never have, but they look insane as well. Yeah, I've never been on one either. I've been on one. I can't remember why, but maybe at like some fair somewhere, but um yeah, it was kind of fun. Oh nice. did you stay on? Uh, I didn't stay on for long, but then you get you know it's it's quite different because it starts really slowly and then you get thrown off into like a lovely inflatable little pond
1: yeah that is that is a little different, yeah. <laughs> um okay so i have some questions go on first of all have there been any like drugging scandals in this like Ooh. you get with horse racing
0: um not that i read about but i'm going to now google it very quickly Yeah,
1: just like like sneakily putting the bull on xanax or something to make it calm down.
0: <laughs> oh my god the most incredible headline is the first one to come up experts say few would risk doping still Bulls face tests.
1: <laughs> Still. And
0: that's from the Oh wow.
1: A trusted news source.
0: <laughs> trusted news source? What the hell? Uh So bulls have been tested for steroids.
1: <laughs> of course. To, to, to make them because steroids make you angrier. My dad's been on them and he was so mean.
2: Yeah. It's called Roid Rage.
1: Which yeah. Which is my
2: favourite thing ever. Um, although i suppose if the, if there's there's probably an interest of the people that own the bull they probably want to have like the craziest most like huge bull
0: yeah I guess. because so. there must be money in
2: that as well right
0: um but apparently it says here murray said the pbr doesn't suspect anyone of doping and no need to test the riders which i guess is kind of
1: fair because how would you even get an advantage from drugs yeah okay so also what's their training regime like the um the rider is it it like a lot of horse riding like what is it i
0: think they were talking a lot the commentators were talking a lot about core strength and i guess you have Mm. to you have to train a lot with in terms of like you know your core muscles and also your arms um Mm. have to be extremely strong because you're holding on with one arm so i think i would imagine they do a lot of upper body um, sort of core-strengthening exercises because you are flopping around. I mean, I don't know how people don't... Well, people do break their back. But it says here, the most common injuries in bull riding were fractures. Concussions make up about 10% of all injuries. And then neck and concussion and facial industry uh, industries injuries account for about 30%. Knee and shoulder are the most commonly injured joints. Um, mm. But they do... All the riders are pretty in... Like, there's no fat old cowboys that are getting on there. Do you know what I mean? They all look pretty... Mm. Like, young, very fit. I mean, yeah. the guy, that sort of JB Molnick guy, the, the, the David Beckham guy, looks like he's in great shape, you know? And I think they've got to be because yeah. it's like Good. Formula One drivers again. Like, you don't assume that they have to be in necessarily great shape, but they actually, they're like professional athletes in terms of actual fitness.
1: Do you know how when you're, when you're in a monogamous relationship and you have, your, I mean, in theory, people have, like, lists of, like, oh, you get your hall pass of people you're allowed to have sex with. Do you know what I mean yeah. like celebrities? I feel like increasingly mine is not celebrities, but people who do very specific jobs. And now, <laughs> and now and I now want to Jamie have sex. To, I want to have sex with the PBR writer just to see what's going on <laughs> in their head and what's going in on with that body. You know, like because they must be such odd, odd people, and I want to get me some of that. I'm looking at a picture of one of them.
0: Well, um, ca- Caroline, I feel like these two quotes from J.B. Morney are going to give you the horn, J.B. Okay, cool. Horny, if you will. Um, <laughs> so he was talking to. Uh, so he ma- he suffered a, a huge injury to his right arm in 2017, mm-hmm. um, and he's his whole career has been played with many injuries, but he still rides. Um, he's the current cha- he's the current champion, and he said. It's part of being a cowboy, he stated in an interview with Monster Energy. Good. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again, a journalistic source I respect. Yes. And and so often in my own work.
0: He said, it's part of being a cowboy. When you crawl into a chute, nothing else matters. You tie your hand and you don't give up until you hit the dirt, which is fit. That's
1: Um, a fit thing to say.
0: And and the second thing he said is, what gets me is when people who don't ride bulls for a living try to tell me when it's time to hang it up.
1: (laughs) I mean, absolutely, <laughs> Fox. yeah, totally. I who know what are we, we just categorised.
0: What, get, what gets me is when people who don't ride bulls for a living, as if that's only like a small percentage
1: of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the minuscule percent of this population.
2: And as if some like colleague of his could be like, do you know what? I think you used to hang it up and he'd be like, oh, God, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah, I'll you're, do
1: it. You're done, man. I do want to like say that I think that there is something. noble is the wrong word but like they're kind of preserving a kind of agricultural way of life that is dying out and it does probably hold a lot of nostalgia for some people and like i don't know is there something to that or am i just reaching
0: i think it's it's nostalgia with a full-on dose of like american commercialism (laughs) yeah because they're all got they've all got sponsorship deals and everything and it's very like capitalism meets a ranch
2: <laughs> yeah, like totally there, there should be other ways to preserve the nostalgia and preserve the history of it like i don't know like fox hunting in the uk they don't use actual foxes now they use i don't know rabbit on a stick or something but like maybe there's something like that that they could do that's just not quite so cruel to bulls but still maintains the the kind of history of it yeah, the fake bulls maybe.
1: Yeah, what about that um that other rodeo sport, the wrangling, like lassoing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, professional wrangling is a whole thing. Uh, it's just basically like lassoing other horses.
1: That's better, <laughs> isn't it? Is that better? I don't know. Oh, well,
0: is, I don't is, know. Is that, I think is it's all, all sports
1: involving animals inherently bad, and we they're just levels of bad.
0: Yeah, I feel like okay. To end the segment, let's name one sport with an animal that isn't
2: cruel. I feel like we must surely. Pigeon racing? Um, that can't be that bad. Yeah, but can you really get consent from a pigeon?
1: I play a game where I meet all the dogs in Greenwich Park and then I rank them and they all get 10. That's very nice. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's a, a That's <laughs> perfect example, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've, um, I've stopped the press. I've found the PBR rider I would like to have my affair with. His name is Guilliam Marchi. He's Mexican and I love him.
0: He was one of the big names that I came across as well. Last yes,
1: week. he's one of the big boys. Oh. I've, I've seen from the last three minutes of looking on my computer <laughs> and now consider myself an
2: expert in his career. <laughs> he's got five monster energy badges on his jacket. like he's how a- how how inside is a monster energy to this sport?
1: Yeah, and Monster Energy are very inside Twitch sports as well. They really have cornered the market on all, like, very masculine, weird sports. Oh,
0: hello to him.
1: Those eyebrows and that chin, am I right?
0: God, that chin would rest on your pelvic bone like it was meant
1: to be born there, isn't it? (sighs) You took the words right (laughs) out of my mouth, my friend. And also, he's, like, like muscular, but, like, also satisfyingly compact, you know? Yeah. He's He's got, like, a little waist, you know?
0: Also, it looks like he's a hat rider, which means he's old enough... To ride because it was that means he was born before 1994.
1: Oh my God! Can you ima- You just know that at these events, there's like these really tacky merch stands and these women wearing t-shirts that, are like, with a cowboy out being you must be this old to ride and like in like <laughs> diamantes. <laughs> Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, guys, when we do
0: <laughs> when we do the when we do the uh, dumb woman tour of the deep south, we are fully fully going to a bull riding PBR
1: match. Fully. Oh, do you know do you know what I'm the most looking forward to when we go to a rodeo? Yeah, me saying this is my first rodeo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna spend five grand on a holiday just so you can say that, and I am fully there for it.
2: I know that it gets really warm in your flat but do you have to show us your beaver every single week
1: you like it i do like it there are so many derogatory words for female anatomy and um i am glad to say after today after my lesson on beavers i think you'll be very glad to know that beavers are a wonderful creature and we should be happy to share our vulvas with them oh good oh, that's nice sorry that was very inelegantly said <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you knew where I was going with this. Hey, I am
2: happy to share my yeah. vulva with a beaver. Yes. I do
0: remember when I was 18, a guy said to me, like, I, I said something about having really tiny knickers on that were too small. He was like, Oh, are you are going to show a bit of beef? And I was like, Oh my God, I'm never going to have sex again. It's oh, so weird. Where
1: did it come from? Where, I don't why, know. Why do people call them beavers? Like, I've definitely heard it a lot in my youth, probably in exactly the Is it same format like, as you. Pub-
2: know? Pubes
0: have a sort of waxy quality to them, like beavers. <laughs>
2: Waxy. No, I think it's the teeth. The teeth.
1: <laughs> An insight into Hannah's anatomy that none of us wanted to know and yet are somehow unsurprised by. And yet I'm aroused. <laughs> very, very aroused. Honestly, guys, beavers are the cleverest animal in the whole world. Like, this started from a very, my fascination with this creature started from a very organic place, which was like just me walking around living my life and then suddenly being like, why do bea- beavers build dams? I don't know. Do, do you guys know? Or didn't ha- you
2: know? Houses? No. Uh, to live in them? Yeah, but like, is
1: that like, w- once you kind of get to that, you're like, okay, but, but what?
2: <laughs> yeah, why it? couldn't they just build it on, on land? the land? I suppose, they, I suppose they're more protected from predators, maybe, if they build on water.
1: So here's the thing I didn't understand until today, which is that beavers, they don't live in the dams. What? So what they do is they create these dams right across these these huge rivers, and they and they've like ma- invented beavers essentially invent lakes. They like like build these these dams out of like boulders and mud and trees that they fell with their teeth, which they also eat, um, and they create these dams that go across these huge huge rivers. Like that go like they're they're absolutely massive man-made structures, and they spend they hell. Uh, man-made structures beaver-made structures. And, yeah. like, their entire life is just, like, dedicated to the building and maintaining of their homes. They're like millennial women, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> they've got a house plant.
1: They've got, got a succulent. They've got, like, a little vase with boobs on it. Um, <laughs> and, but then, so they build these dams and um, they build their actual homes, which are beaver lodges. Right. behind the dam so they sit they stop the flow of water or they steady the flow oh god, of water oh god that sounds
0: like somewhere you'd go for a country retreat with your boyfriend like the first time with the new boyfriend
1: like, i know beaver lodge Ooh, Be- beaver
0: lodge <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does sound like a bad porn name doesn't it it's like yeah candice said beaver lodge beaver lodge <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like that's what they're called they're called lodges so they they build their lodges behind the dams so that they don't like it's like these little, almost like the, the canal boats that you see in Hackney. They're like little <laughs> little oh. st- structures that they live on and that like they keep the water level and they keep it all controlled and, at a lower level um, by building those dams. So they create these little lakes for themselves that they can live on. Good lads. It's su- They're such good lads. And that's just only the tip of the iceberg of the <laughs> ingenious things that beavers do every day. Wait, so they
2: do live on water, but they want it to be... They want <laughs> so the level to be lower,
1: so that they live. Yeah, they live on water, and what they so they build these little lodges, which for to us would just look like a mound of sticks on top of the water. But then yeah, if you right. go under it, it's kind of like they've they've built this like cavern. I want to say underneath this, that is oh, like totally like floating di-
2: a bucket on a lake.
1: Yeah, it's like totally dry, and they can like um. They it goes really really deep down into the lake, and what they do is they they don't actually hibernate, but they do just kind of hang out all winter. So like wherever they live, America and Ca- they're mostly in America and Canada, but there are some in Scotland, and you can do beaver watching trips. So we might include that in part of our tour. <gasps> in the tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yes. So what they do is they spend all year like felling trees, making their dam, maintaining their little their area. And then they bring all and they get all their nutrients from trees and they take all their trees under the water and they stick it into the mud that's holding their little lodge in place. And that mud becomes like their fridge. It like keeps the wood alive all year long. So when winter comes around, they just go into their little lodge, which is all dry and cozy and small and yummy. And then they just like pluck the food out from underneath the water and they never have to go out for, for food. These guys are smart. They are so smart. And
0: are they like a pest or do the dams help, you know, like the water flow? Do you know what I mean? Like, do they do any damage or not?
1: Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, it's kind of hard to know. Like, they they have, like, created a lot of lakes that, like, just would not exist otherwise. So it's like, Right, yeah,
0: okay, so that's good.
1: And what they do as well, which is part of the reason why they build the dams, um, is that they flood the area around them so that... Bears and stuff can't come in and get them. Mm. Oh, that's good. Isn't that so smart? So, like, a bear, like, smells some beaver from far away. And he's like, hmm, gonna (laughs) lump on over there. And then he gets stuck in the mud and he's like, oh, no, the beavers have laid a trap. They have flooded the whole area. I must go somewhere else now. There's pesky beavers. There's pesky, clever beavers. And, like, and not only that, like, so... The beavers have, like, created this force field of flooding around them so that the natural predators can't get to them. So they grow all, like, thick and juicy and fat. But then when they're. Like hackles are up, or they like if people come too close to them, or if anything comes too close to them, they're like flat tails. They flap them against the water, and then that's a warning for for like beavers all in the surrounding areas that they have to get the fuck out of dodge because like there's danger and like the wow. ripples on the, the ripples on the water and like some of them are underground underwater and like they can hold their breath for like fifteen minutes, and that just like sends the signal that there's danger afoot and to go back underwater and they will not wow. come back out until the people have gone.
0: That's so clever. Because their tails are like little paddles, aren't they? Little ping pong bats.
1: They are like that. They're like, um, th- that's actually what made me bring up beavers. Because like I was, um, I don't know, I was doing something with my foot. I was like flattening something on the floor. And I was like, I'm like a beaver. And, he, and Gav was like, <laughs> what? I was like, yeah, that's what they do, right? They flap their tails to like, you know, smooth down things. And he was like, where did you get that from? And I said, the opening two minutes of Pocahontas. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lots of beavers in Pocahontas, if you look closely. Because they're very um, industrious,
2: as are the horrible white men.
1: As, as are the horrible white men who yeah. gave
2: Pocahontas such grief. I wonder how closely related like beavers and penguins are. They kind of seem like similar lines to me. Oh, in terms of like they're they're these things that shouldn't live in the water, but they've kind
1: of adapted to live in the water.
2: Yeah, and probably they're really cute when they're on land, but probably in the water you'd be like, "Ooh, don't come near me."
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Same with hippos. Like hippos seem like a very cute thing. And then apparently they're the one most deadliest animal. Yeah, they kill
2: like more
0: people than tigers, don't they?
1: Yeah. But it's weird because whenever you see like a cartoon of a hippo, they're always like quite cuddly. Yeah.
0: Like, oh I
1: could I could jam with the hippo. Yeah, like the hippo from the bed adverts. Oh, the hippo from the bed advert. Yeah. What a like what a big sexy daddy.
2: Oh my god, the hippo that's like in a relationship with the bird. Yes, the hippo
1: the hippo in the relationship with the bird. And they're either advertising um Beds or yeah, mattresses, or pillows, mattresses. Is that it? God, that hippo is a ride. I mean, I'm looking at Google Images, and that hippo and that bird are in the same bed. Like they they be fucking yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: How is he? Like I imagine she's on top, really most of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I wonder if one if one of them had an affair with a beaver.
1: That would that would uh, thank, tie it all Thank you, ago. Alex, for bringing us right back to the subject. Bring you back, beavers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay I have a few more like very cool things to say about beavers um Ooh, okay, yeah. so in they're they're um extremely territorial as like you know most animals who spend that much time maintaining their house would be yeah um but like they're also like they're territorial but they're very reasonable people I feel the beavers are um so they like like a lot of animals they like mark their territory um with scent to let other beavers know that mm. they live here and and don't come here. Yeah. And, like, and like when, when beavers, like, invade each other's property, it gets very fraught, let's say. okay. okay. Uh, but, like, they will mark their territory so extensively and for so long and so strongly that apparently, like, nat- naturists are, like... Look, oh wait, is it naturists who are naked or naturalists who are naked?
2: Naturalists, I think. No, nature natu- Naturists, naturists. Uh... naturists, you're right.
1: Who's the one that love animals? Naturalists. So naturalists are, like, yeah, they... they they want to prevent having an argument as much as possible. They're like, "Look, I'm warning you like a mile and a half in advance. This is my beaver family territory. Please fuck off. If you come close, I will be forced to kill you." Um, How do they fight? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen a bit. Be- I I have been spending a lot of time on YouTube looking at beavers. They um, they they do seem quite aggro. I mean, there was a Nickelodeon show, The Angry Beavers, and surely that came from somewhere. Didn't someone get killed by a beaver not that long ago? What? Really? Oh, wasn't there... Like, okay, sorry. Wasn't there... It's is just so tangenty, um A porn star who was a dwarf, or who had dwarfism, I'm not sure was exactly correct, um, and he impersonated Gordon Ramsay and he was killed by a beaver, or a badger, or some kind of woodland... <laughs> Um, am I mad?
0: Well, it says that apparently uh, that, um, a 60-year-old fisherman in Belarus died in 2013 after a beaver bit open an artery in his leg.
2: That's the only way they're going to get you, though, isn't it? Probably. Which is
0: now I'm looking at the picture of the beaver, and the tail is absolutely insane. It's like the sole of a shoe.
1: Okay, so the, the Gordon Ramsay porn star the a lookalike story was a, was a, was a Badger.
0: Badger. <laughs> Which is something I feel we need to investigate for
1: another. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That, I mean, obviously, it's an extremely sad story, but like, what a sentence.
0: How big oh. is your average beave? I feel like I can't really work it out. Mm. Are they
1: small, small guys? They are like definitely big, meaty, thick, chunky, sexy boys.
0: Yeah, they are. An
1: American beaver is 90 centimetres long, but a European beaver can grow up to 100 centimetres long.
0: Oh, a meter! If I saw a beaver that was a meter big, I would shit myself. Yeah, same.
1: I'd be like, "That must be a monster beaver." A meter long beaver. They their teeth do look a bit scary. Yeah, they they their teeth never stop growing, and they can weigh up to thirty kilograms. Yeah, because uh,
0: isn't that why they have to gnaw on stuff to like
1: like basically make their teeth stop?
2: well they can giant. yeah they, they sort of they can get entire trees to f- felled can't they
1: yeah it like it's like an emery board it like files them down almost yeah because Oof. they never stop growing um yeah okay so so that was the they're territorial but they're reasonable and they don't want to fight but they good. will fight you they will fucking fight you and um, also they're monogamous and they made for life like me oh i Aww. thought that was otters that's so nice it's beavers as well beavers as well so nice Aww. good lads my favourite fact of all, and I've really saved this one for the end because I was so amazed by it. So um, in the 80s, David Attenborough did beavers um, because like that was back when David Attenborough like still had some of the mainstream animals he hadn't done yet. Like I feel yeah. like now he's going out of his way to find crap we've never heard of. But back then yeah. he, was, yeah. he was doing the classics, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tigers, lions, beavers. Yeah. Um, so he, him and his team put like infrared cameras inside one of the lodges over the winter because nobody had ever seen what happens inside of a beaver's um, lodge before. And yes. it looks, it, it look, first of all, it looks so fun and cozy and they have a little air vent in there so it doesn't get too hot and they can still breathe, smart. which is very smart, a chimney. Um, and, but they, they noticed that there was like, oh, there is muskrats in here. So muskrat is kind of like, um, like a water rat, right? To go like a rat that can swim. Okay, Okay, right. So there's also muskrats in here and they're like, okay, so do the beavers not realize they're in here? Because they're so smart and like, okay, their eyesight isn't great and it's dark. So maybe, but surely they can like hear them. Yeah. And Mm. And then they realize the beavers were staying put all winter, eating their little store of food and like cuddling down with each other but the muskrats were going in and out and the muskrats were bringing back like extra cladding for the lodge. So the muskrats were paying rent. Whoa.
2: Oh
1: and, and, my God. It's so mad. Like, so like the beavers are literally like landlords.
2: That's amazing. Wow. Now like, look, you can stay in my nice warm bed, but you gotta- Yeah,
1: but you're gonna have to pay your way, bitch. Yeah, they're literally like letting a whole other species like work off their off their mortgage. <laughs> That's amazing. I know.
0: That's so cool. Although that doesn't mean they're landlords who we hate. I,
1: I know. It's like you want to you wanna congratulate their, um, their sort of entrepreneurship, but also being a landlord is immoral. So our, our beaver is cancelled. I think if
0: you're... <laughs> to be fair, I think if you're an animal landlord, you're okay.
1: Yeah, you're it's doing cute. your thing.
0: It's cute. Because... You know?
1: and, I, and I mean, I actually do support their right to um, have tenants... Because they um, the beaver population has always been under threat, and like the population of it has like thirded over the last few years. Like it used to be like eighty million in America, and now it's more like nine million or something. Oh no! So those numbers could be totally made up, but I feel like it was something like that when I read about this earlier. Um, And um, they're also they're killed. I mean, their uh, habitats are under threat, obviously, because of, like, all of the building in America and all the kind of wildlife areas that are being chopped down, which is very, very sad. And also, no. they're hunted really badly for, um, all the, for, like, medical uses. Because really? what? You're not, skincare um, people will recognise this term, but they're a source of, like, sicylic acid.
0: Oh, that sounds like something skin people wear.
1: Because they have these things called castor sacks that they... Have and that is full of all these like I don't know hormones and stuff that are extremely useful in medicine and their pelts are used as well.
2: Oh no! So they oh. kind of are
1: like it's it's one of those things where every part of them is extremely useful and juicy for people. Yeah. So just so gonna they're... rub some
0: beaver on my face. Maybe that's why men look younger than women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we finally cracked it.
0: Uh, Sorry for the heteronormativity
1: of that joke. Uh, You can put that on the cover of Men's Health next week. God knows they're looking for for new material.
0: How to go down on women to make you look younger.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's the inspiration they need, I think. Truly.
0: I mean, they say that sperm on your face is like an anti-aging thing, don't they? Which is definitely in the same vein as saying that sex um,
1: brings on birth. I know. It's like, hmm, somebody very opportunistic came up with this. Yeah, exactly. I have blamed them. (laughs) So that's beavers, guys. I think you'll agree that they're a wonderful animal.
0: I'm 100% going to spend the evening watching bull riders and beavers.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I love this, um, yeah, this kind of animal-friendly podcast we're doing today. I feel very wholesome about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hannah, are you going to ruin it all by not talking about animals?
2: Absolutely, yes. Oh, good. Wonderful. <laughs> So it is now time for our Smart Lesson, the segment in which we look at the world around us and ask, how can I be the most feminist, best, smartest part of this whole shit show?
1: Ah, yes. By which we mean the world and this shit show.
2: Yes. All of the shit shows. (laughs) Um, So today I thought we could talk about generations, uh, because there's been a bit of a chat online lately about the fact that despite us being the most wonderful, interesting, likeable people, Uh, Those younger than us think of millennials as very tragic figures. What? But I'm a young ingenue. Yeah, there was this tweet that went viral about uh, what Gen Z thought of millennials. And it was basically that they are obsessed with Harry Potter houses and growing plants. And then um, there was an article in Vice, which kind of was a spin off of that, uh, by Diora Shajanova, which was like absolutely brutal. One of these like Gen Z people said, uh, yeah, they grow a basic thing like a fruit or vegetable and they're like, wow, I didn't kill it. Oh my God, that is me. I'm literally obsessed
0: with my new plants on the windowsill.
1: <laughs> to be fair, guys, I want to give everyone an update on Alex's gravel watch. And uh, oh, I, went, yes. I, I went to the new garden. It's fabulous. Yes, and, we had I'm a lovely time. I'm glad we spent the last four episodes talking about it.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Is there any
2: gravel there yet? No, that's the brilliant thing about it. Uh. Gravel
0: watch contains no gravel
2: zero gravel there's still time there's men still time. out there if you want to send alex your gravel send it in send it away um, there was also things like oh they're obsessed with BuzzFeed quizzes because they don't know who they are
1: to be fair I feel like that's a fairly shit joke I mean I'm, I'm I love a good a well placed five singer. years ago
2: maybe but
1: that's like I mean come on that's ten years ago wise yeah. up Gen Z
2: wise up exactly um the most brutal thing was they don't have big ideas because they're already past their expiry date <gasps>
1: wow for shame <laughs>
2: But I, I fundamentally disagree with that because if they're giving us an expiry date, then they're going to come up against that expiry date in like, you know, 10 years or however long. And then they're going to be like, shit, man, I've expired. What is Gen Z? Like, what age are we talking? So they were born after 1994.
1: I, I just feel like this there's an obsession with generations that have been happening over the last few years. And it's like, when I was like, you know, the age that Gen Zers are now, so nineteen twenty twenty one. 21... I like was not I don't know I wasn't thinking about what to call like the word millennials didn't really exist yet. Yeah, yeah, same. I wasn't really think oh I was like I was like ugh Gen X get over yourself. I remember reading like Gen X the book by Douglas Coupland. And like not even realising that this was about a separate set of people who had nothing to do with me. I was like, oh yeah, I relate to this even though I'm like 21 and this was written for 21 year olds in the 90s, you know?
2: I am reading about people. Yeah, I think it was Frankie Boyle as
0: well that just said, I love how we call the younger people Gen Z as if we've just accepted that they're going to
2: be the last lot. (laughs) Totally, It's, it's very cynical. And then we have climate change. Um, I wanted to check, first off, I wanted to check with you two uh, if you ha- if you are part of a generation. I've got a little checklist here. Oh, okay. Um, so-, so tell me if you're a yes or a no on these things. Okay. Um, question one, do you feel that those who are older than you had it easier in many ways? Mm. I mean, after this
0: pandemic, probably yes. <laughs> no, I do think, I mean, there's a lot of hatred, isn't there, toward like baby boomers and, oh, they can own their own house and stuff like that. But as my dad points out, he was like... We couldn't go on holiday three times a year like you guys do. Like, we have loads of holidays. We do loads of shit. We go out all the
1: time. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. I, 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 mm. I think the housing conversation has become a really inflammatory thing as part of yeah. the, like, the generation debate. And I definitely think that, like, yeah, there's this thing of, like, that, that article that millennials hate reading, which comes out every, like, two months, which is, like, someone being like, oh, I stopped going out and I stopped eating avocado toast and now I own a three-bedroom house yeah, in Surrey. Yeah, exactly. Also, my grandfather gave me eighty grand. Yeah, um, and uh, and like I think that is annoying. And but all, but it's not like it's it's not like there's no truth to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do think that millennials kind of want to have their cake and eat it, in that they want they do want to have like they want to go to like fucking Bali for a three week holiday. They want to like own a fuckload of clothes. They want to eat yeah. a fuckload of uh, eat at a fuckload of restaurants, and yeah. they also want to own their own house. And it's like my parents did not live that way you know what I mean yes the housing market was different then but all also they didn't fucking live that way you know
0: yeah yeah so in in a lot of ways yes they had it easy with the big things but I actually think we have a better life
2: okay interesting so that was a yes no uh the next question do you feel that younger people are ignorant entitled shitbags
0: um, I would have said completely no because I think that they're more engaged. Well, I think the youngest generation all the time is most engaged with change and activism. Um, yeah, it's
1: because it's they're not totally like calloused over by their yeah. utter, exactly. utter yeah. inability to change things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they still have dreams. Exactly. I remember when I was seventeen, I like started this petition in my school to like boycott Nestle from like the school tuck shop and that none of us were ever going to eat Nestle because I'd heard all these terrible things that they'd done. And I mm. was so like privately convinced that I was going to end Nestle. And that's just like what it feels like to be that age. And so it should feel like because those people remind us that like hope should exist, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um And I, always, but I also think, I mean, I was work, I'm working at a pub at the moment and I feel 4,000 years old. I'm the oldest one there by far. Um, and all of the young people um, were talking about going to, like, illegal raves and stuff a couple of weeks ago. And I did find myself being like, lads, there's a fucking pandemic on here. You could kill people, you know, and I felt very, like, young people. But then I was like, do you know what? If I was 23 and I was having my best years taken away from me, but then it's been a few months, so I was a bit like, come on. Um, yeah. You know, would I have gone? I don't know. I don't think so, but I was also a bit like...
1: I do genuinely think that when you're young, when you're that age, and particularly if you don't know anyone who's died, which often you haven't, you truly yeah. think that you could never die and are deathless. Do you know what
0: yeah. I mean? Yeah, 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 that is
2: true. Um but generally no I think they're I think they're quite good good eggs okay this is this is this is interesting guys I'm gonna get some interesting results from this I think Mm. Uh, do you feel that the TV and music your generation grew up with are the only good ones and anything else is wrong the only good ones correct the only good ones The only good ones because
0: we had Samantha Mumba and Bewitched and Atomic and the kitten, fucking, which, uh... Oh my God,
1: like speaking completely, like I don't want to sound too earnest and I know people will take the piss out of me for this. But do you remember when that first Arctic Monkeys album came out?
0: Oh my God, it was like somebody had exploded me.
1: <laughs> it was like somebody had exploded me. It was like, uh, I remember hearing Alex Turner be like, there's only music so that there's new ringtones. And I'm yes. like, this is a poet of my generation. This he, is
0: He wrote a song about waiting for a cab. He's a genius.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a genius. Uh, there's never been a genius since. He's the only one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I would say I, did, I am a bit old like this in this sense. So I think that our generation had great music and I think older generations had great music, but... Have I listened to any new music in the last five years?
1: No like of course not and i uh, and I, as well when I do I do that thing that i fucking i when i used to, when I was like a young a young and sexy person, and I worked in h m v and I used to know every single album that came out um and like old older people who annoyed me would be like would listen to the thing that I was listening to, but only as like a token gesture, and then they would like shake their head and be like no do you know what I mean yeah yeah and that's what I do now with like Billie Eilish I'm just like I'm like I'm listening no (laughs) yeah
0: but usually when people show me like the the hit the hit from the album like the big song I'm like oh I like that and then they're like listen to the album like absolutely not
2: (laughs) yeah 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 never thank you um so last question do you feel hard done by just in general Mm, yes, I feel yes, done I my, do actually. I feel yeah. ex-
1: I actually feel like our generation was fucking dumped on. Like yeah. we graduated in a recession. Yeah, this is um, exactly it. The housing market is shattered. Like we're the first people to really navigate the idea of having a multiplicity of jobs in like yeah. in a world where that just was not standard. Yeah, we now like now. I, I don't want to get too personal in the fucking in the podcast, but here we go. Uh, I was like. <laughs> I genuinely have been saving for a long time. So has Gavin. We don't have inherited wealth. We really thought that this year could be the year that we could buy a house. And now all of the deposits, basically from every bank, has gone up to like fifteen percent. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like all of the major banks, all the ones that give first-time buyers loans, have been like, no, first-time buyers, it's now fifteen percent. Basically, why is oh that? My gosh um because they're afraid of a recession and of everyone losing their jobs and going into negative equity.
0: Cool. Yeah, this is cool. what I mean. It's like just as our generation has just managed to sort of maybe navigate out of the murky waters of the recession that initially culled our earning potential, now a pandemic has hit. I know,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know. <laughs> so, yes, I do feel hard done by.
2: So, so okay, so my results from that then, I think you you are both around 60% millennial. And 40%, like, uh, generationless. Which oh. actually is, um, you know, not, not a bad result, I don't think. Ah, oh, that's not too I bad. That's, right. that's uh, a nice but I balance. Did, I, did just wanna, I did just want us to come up with some new things that people can hate millennials for. Because I feel like the whole kind of avocado toast, not being able to buy a house, all of that stuff. I'm like, I'm a bit bored of hearing those arguments. Mm, and bored. actually, if people were like, oh my god, millennials think they invented wild swimming and feminism I'd be like huh fair enough
1: oh we do think we invented while swimming in feminism though. yeah we do yeah thank you Grazia yeah
2: Grazia with its three
0: women
1: on the cover for 12 years <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Aniston and her two friends Jennifer <laughs> Aniston
0: Angelina Jolie and Katie Holmes
1: <laughs> oh yeah I feel like definitely generationally if you were born like before 1993 you're probably still on tampons. Or you might have graduated to like applicator-free tampons and feel really good about it. But if you were born after ninety-three, you're either free bleeding or you're moon cupping. Yeah. Or you got those mental underwear things. Oh yeah. That thing. Like I still don't. I think we need to do a segment on these fucking these free bleed panties because like, are people just bleeding into these underwear? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I have no and idea what you're talking that.
0: about at all.
1: Alex, are you serious? Do you not get Instagram ads? <laughs>
0: yeah, but I'm older than you, so I just get like, have you thought about your pension, you poor old bitch?
1: <laughs> How's your menopause <laughs> you going? you thought about your menopause? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's like, um, this special underwear that you don't wear any... You wear on your period, you don't wear any protection, and you just bleed into it and it just absorbs it.
2: Okay. Then, and then you stick them in the washing machine. What? Well, and then it washes out the blood?
0: Because whenever I've bled into my knickers, the blood never fucking comes out
1: yeah exactly yeah. totally and like also um it like dries really quickly and it gets all crackly
2: <laughs> Ooh. am
1: i on my own there no
2: no you're right this is a complete aside but i realized the other day that um because my bathroom is the only bathroom i've been using lately my entire period is in my bathroom bin right now
1: or like down the toilet oh my god that's such a creepy thought
0: sell it on the internet
1: <laughs> yeah all those hannah barrel viral <laughs> out there yeah
2: for sale, one full <laughs> Hannah Arendt <Varill> period. <laughs> um, I guess another thing that I think people could hate millennials for more than they do is that we talk a lot about worrying about climate change, and we'll we'll like think about it on a flight to Bali, uh, while Generation Z are probably like on a school strike or something. I feel like we we think we think and worry a lot, and are not quite as good at the action stuff.
1: Oh yeah, we definitely think that. Um... Like, we're paying a kind of mental tax by worrying. They're like, oh, I didn't change my behaviour, but I did worry.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, we think we should be vegan, but who's actually vegan? No one's actually vegan. It's
0: all a conspiracy. Because stuff's tasty and there's enough to worry about, there's a fucking killer flu around, you know? Have a bun.
1: Yeah, have a a bun with eggs in. (laughs) Yeah, have an egg bun. So this is a kind of animal rights um, opinion that I've invented and I've not researched, but it feels true.
0: Fine. That's the very that's the very well, essence
1: of this. That, podcast. That's the essence. The essence of this podcast is stoner humor, but no one's stoned. Um, but, yeah, exact,
0: That's exactly it.
1: But here's what I think. I think if you if you want to have less animal products in your life, right, because of the way that factory farming happens and all all the stuff for the reasons. Yeah. Um, I think goat's cheese, because I don't think people. I again haven't checked it. I don't think people can mass produce goats because I think if you had more than like a hundred goats in one place, yeah, they, they would, would revolt. Over. Oh, yeah, they, would, troublesome, they yeah. would attack and they'd revolt. You can't yeah. control the bastards. I've only ever seen, I've never seen more than two goats at once. You're I don't right. think you can mass produce goats. I think goat's cheese is grand.
0: And it's also one of the only fancy cheeses I like.
2: So It's delicious. Crack on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And every time I eat a goat's cheese or anything with goat's cheese, I just imagine like a one lone goat tied to a post in Greece somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, having a happy life.
0: <laughs> just like whiter than white. Just being a crisp blot on the landscape against the yeah. Aegean blue sea and just
1: having a lovely time. Really making mischief.
0: <laughs> Eating an old lady's dress and laughing about it.
1: Absolutely. Love it for him. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so please don't send me any pictures of like battery goat farms. I don't want to see them. I want so, to keep this thought You on. want to keep
0: having your lovely fried goat's cheese with balsamic onion yeah. uh, and all that
1: gear. Mmm, yum, 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 mm. yum.
2: I can't remember how we got here, but I think that's a good, that's a good segment on Generations. <laughs> well done, everyone. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can hear more by searching School for Dumb Women on your favourite podcast app, and following us on the usual social media platforms at Women Pod, You can also hear us on Soho Radio every other Thursday at 6pm. Thanks to Gavin Day for our artwork, Harry Harris for our jingles, and Soho Radio Studios for helping us with remote recording.
1: Bye! Bye! Bye!
2: Send me a goat. <laughs> Send
1: me a goat! The only ethical form of consumption, as proved by no one.